Hey Next Level fam, it is such a wonderful day because you are here. If you're here for the first time, well welcome home. If you're returning, if you're part of the family, well welcome back. We're so happy to have you with us and we're continuing our series on Unleashed. Today I want to talk to you about cultivating intimacy with Christ. I believe the message God gave me today to share with you is going to help you, equip you, prepare you for what you're about to enter in just a few days uh, through fasting. Or maybe you're already fasting and uh, these uh, thoughts and points are going to help you today. I want to start off with a story. There was a couple that's been married for 25 years and they have romance and intimacy fizzled off uh, over the years and uh, that closeness was lost and they're just going through the motions. Since it's their 25th anniversary, they thought, okay, uh, let's have a dinner because that's what you're supposed to do for anniversaries, right? So they go for dinner to celebrate. I want to ask you, have you ever been on an awkward date? So after the awkward anniversary, they drive home. The wife is filled with sadness. She asks the husband sitting next to her, Do you remember when I used to sit next to you? When seatbelts were not mandatory. We couldn't tell who was driving the car because we sat so close together, she said. Remember when I used to sit next to you? Husband replied, yes, I remember. But I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still sitting on the same seat that I've been sitting for the last 25 years behind the same steering wheel. So if there is space between us, you moved. If there's distance between you and God, it's because you slid over. It's because you moved over. It's because you and I wandered away. Because guess what? He is still behind the wheel. He hasn't gone anywhere. So if there's lukewarmness, which we talked about last week, it's because you've been sliding. Little by little, gradually, it's a slow fade. You got distracted and went wandering. Because he said, draw near to me. And you automatically have him drawn near to you because he's not going anywhere. You know, you can get so used to sitting on the other side of the car that it just becomes the way it is. It's just how it goes. It just becomes part of your natural way of life. Another example. When you're hiring someone for a job, you first look at what? Their resume, right? Then you check their references, what others think about the candidate. Usually, uh, that's not enough. You want a personal interview because there's nothing like having the other person in front of you across the table uh, and you want to see how they behave, how they act, how they talk to you to make sure that this person is right for the job. Let me tell you, God has an amazing resume. It's publicly displayed. You can get to it anytime. He's got 66 books worth of experience as far as we can track because he's done way more than what's written in the 66 books of the Bible. He's been on this job for an eternity. He's got good references. Ask Adam what kind of God he is when he created beautiful Eve. Ask Moses what kind of God he is when he miraculously delivered his people when they were caught between the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army. Just ask Joshua what kind of God he is when they obeyed exactly what God said 
and the walls came tumbling down. Just ask David what kind of God he is when he conquered Goliath in your face. Ask Peter what kind of God he is, how God allowed him to walk on water. Ask the New Testament saints and you'll get good references. His references are proven. His references are fact. It's part of our history. You can check it out. His track record is proven. But for some, that's not enough. I want a personal interview. I want to know what it is when he sits in front of me. I want to know. I want to see him. I want to hear him. I want to know him for myself. Would anyone watching here today would say that? I want to know him. I want to know him. I want him to do miracles in my life. I want my own testimonies and my own amazing experiences with this God and know him for myself. Would anyone say that? We don't want secondhand Christian experience. So how do we do that? Through fasting and praying. You can find out what he can do in you, for you, and through you. There were times when Jesus was lonely. We also talked about that a little bit last week. But he was never alone. Because his intimacy with Father God was so tight that Jesus never knew aloneness. It doesn't matter if you're single and lonely or married and lonely. Nobody in this church never ever has to feel alone, never ever has to uh, feel abandoned because God is with us. God is with you wherever you are right now because when you are in an intimate relationship with God, you are never alone. His presence will always be with you. Come on now, clap your hands and give God some praise because he never gave up on you. Maybe your mommy gave up on you. Maybe your daddy gave up on you. Maybe your siblings and your friends and your co-workers but he will never abandon you. So how do we cultivate this intimacy? Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, relax, settle down, calm down, slow down. It's hard to be intimate on the run. Simplify your life. Get away from distractions. Simply be alone with him in his presence. That's what fasting and prayer offers. Time alone with God in a deep, intimate way. Go to a quiet place and chill with God. David said in Psalm 139, 23 to 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and cleanse me. It will be hard at first, because we are so used to being busy and noisy. It's, it's difficult, the concept of being still, like Elijah. You can hear the still small voice of God fathering you. How many of you long to be fathered? When you be still in His presence, the Holy Spirit is able to speak to your inner man and let you experience the love of God. Maybe for the first time. Maybe you've been going through the motions of being a Christian. Maybe today is the day you encounter Jesus. In the spiritual world, life is lived below the waterline. You've seen beautiful ships. You've seen million dollar yachts, right? It's worthless if the craftsman's ship underneath the water is not proper. The, the ship will sink. Many of us spend so much time on, on trying to build, build what's above the waterline. 
that we have neglected what's most important. What's under the waterline is the crucial part. Because if what's under the water line isn't working or if there is gaps, eventually what's above the waterline will sink. Just see what happened to the Titanic. I mean, it hit an iceberg, but same concept. Sometimes you are giving and receiving the counseling over and over again, going in circles in your life and not getting the victory. Today, my dad advice to you is get a paper Bible, highlight in it, write in it, carry it with you. I have a big one and a small one. We spend so much screen time, isn't it? Get an analog Bible. Something amazing is going to happen when you write in it, highlight, make notes, something spiritual because your eyes are connecting with it, your hands are connecting with it, and something supernatural happens when you write things down. You can do all the outward things and, and try to impress everybody and go through all the motion of presenting yourself as a, a Christian, but that's all building our lives on the superficial things, focusing and living above the waterline. And a life built like that is a life built on the sand, not on the solid rock. Could it be that you have not developed inner intimacy? You have not cultivated deep intimacy with Christ. So that's why you don't have outward victory. So you end up living your Christian life by performance. Living life based on religion. God, I did this, I did this, I did this. Now it's your turn, Lord, to do this for me. Don't you understand? Jesus didn't come to establish religion and trap us into religion and religious duties and religious obligations. That's not what Jesus came to do. He actually came to do the opposite. He actually came to destroy religion. Because for Jesus, having a personal, intimate, cultivating, deep relationship with him is what he desires. And he hasn't moved from his position. He is the everlasting God. He never changes yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't empower you by your performance. Did you hear me? But by your relationship with him. When you make a decision, whatever it is, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? You should serve God and, and do ministry out of an overflow of Him in your personal life. If a real relationship with Him is not there, then you may fall into the trap of performance to feel your value. If you don't have a real relationship, deep intimate relationship with Him, then you might just focus on performance. But it'll be dry. His Holy Spirit cannot move through you. You'll feel disconnected and distance with God. That will be the result. Serving God won't feel like a privilege. It will feel like a burden. But when you have a close relationship with God, when you realize how much He loves you, you start to realize that God would choose broken people like you and I to serve Him. That we will be part of His big plan, His master plan. That you and I play a role in it. What a privilege. If I don't have an intimate relationship with God, doing ministry will feel like a headache and a burden. I got to go to church. I got to read my Bible. I got to tithe. I got to pray. I got to be good. I can't do this or that because uh, I'm not supposed to. God said no. Man, I hate this Christian life. I wonder how many of you are feeling like that. That's how you will feel if you ain't got that intimate relationship with your maker. Why? Because you're living 
is by performance. Your life is based on performance and not by relationship. And relationship is the only thing Jesus wants from you. He loves you even if you don't do anything. Paul said, I just want to know him. When you know someone, your love will grow automatically, organically. You will want to do what pleases them out of love, not performance or obligation or duty. Fasting raises your spiritual antennas to hear from the invisible God who loves you unconditionally, who accepts you in, in your mess. When you fast and pray, God can reveal stuff to you that no one else knows. And that's amazing. God will tell you secrets. When you're close to somebody, they will tell you secrets, right? Because they know you can be trusted. They know because you're close to them. In that same way, you, when you're intimate with God, He will tell you stuff because you're close to Him. Insider information. You got somebody in high place. If strangers want to get all nosy all up in your business, you'll be like, who are you? I don't know you. Who are you? Why you want to know about my business? I don't know you. The reason why many of us don't hear from God is because God is like, I don't know you. Yeah, I see you on online church once in a while sometimes, but most of the times you'll be distracted or giving priority to worldly things or worrying about what others think of you. Instead of walking closely with me, instead of loving people the way I do, or at least receiving the love I'm trying to lavish on you, you are a stranger. I don't know you. We ain't intimate. We ain't tight. I don't want God to say that about me. Some of you have been waiting on God for years. And the beauty of praying and fasting and waiting on God is, listen to this carefully, even when you don't know how long it'll take Him to answer you or to bring that breakthrough, He will give you the strength to wait until it's time. Intimacy will give you the power of patience. It'll help you to wait until your change comes. Intimacy will give you the power of patience. Adam was sleeping. He was soaking while God was making Eve. He wasn't striving and fighting and struggling. Adam was frustrated because God uh, uh, didn't have a suitable helper for him. So God told Adam, Adam, chill. Go soak. Go take a nap uh, for a bit. Go sleep. Go rest. I'll do the operating. So Adam, listen, Adam went and slept until his change came. He was still until God brought his change. Did you hear that? Because Adam was in close contact with God. God will deliver what he promises every time. And he will put a smile on your face while you wait on God to finish the operation. So hold on. Your answer is coming. Your change is coming. Your breakthrough, your blessing is coming. Somebody type in the chat. Change is coming. Change is coming. Turn to Matthew 16 verses 13 to 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Key word here. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed. Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. 
revelation secret. You did not learn this from any human being. Straight from God, fresh. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Amen? God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Jesus promised it. In this messed up, jacked up, screwed up world, pandemic filled, everything online, everything on the screen, Jesus says, I'm going to build my church. Presidents may come and go. Companies may come and go. Stocks may rise and fall. Fashion trends may come and go. But one thing's for sure. Jesus said, I will build my church. Can I get an amen? Verse 15, I want to take you back there again. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? I can't live my life based on what others say, what Jesus is like. The amazing thing is if you have a relationship with Jesus, he will reveal himself to you. Peter had a revelation of the reality of Jesus. And you and I need that. And we consistently need that. To, and we need to continue in that. I need to know him for myself. You need to know him for yourself. I can't live on secondhand Christian experience. When you experience his love, when you experience his grace, when you experience his mercy, in my deepest, darkest hour, it was Jesus who was able to reach me. In my deepest sorrow, it was Jesus who found me that night on my 16th birthday. When I was lost, it was my God, my good shepherd, who came to rescue me. I don't need anyone else to tell me what Jesus is like. I know him for myself, and therefore I have security. I know who he is. If you can't say that today, you need to ask God for a revelation of the reality of Jesus. Stop being satisfied listening to everybody else talk about how good God is and what he did for them and, and go and find out for yourself. When the bridegroom is gone, they will fast. If you haven't thought about fasting, I want to encourage you to step into fasting with us. We are willing to inconvenience ourselves to go get an autograph from a celebrity or go line up overnight to buy some stupid gadget. God wants to know if you are willing to give up a meal or inconvenience yourselves. Do you watch God from a distance, from the back, or do you want an up-close personal relationship, a close seat with Jesus? He offers us intimacy. He offers us closeness, excitement, a future. Are you willing to be inconvenienced to have closeness with Abba Father, with your Savior, with the lover of your soul? Maybe you feel like your life is shattered. Maybe you feel like your life is in pieces, out of control. Nothing is going as you planned or expected. It's mass chaos in your life. And of course, in the world, inside yourself, you are screaming for someone to come rescue you, to come deliver you and, and fix your life. Somebody help me to heal. Somebody help me to get out of this mess. You're crying out. You're crying yourself to sleep and you're screaming, somebody help me get my life back on track, back on track. Somebody help me to get this stuff back in order. God is saying, if you come close to him, he will take your life that is in ashes and he will turn it around and to make something beautiful. Amen. Uh, if you don't get excited about that, I don't know what will check your pulse. Say yes to Jesus today.
He loves you unconditionally. What more do you want? He's done it. He's lavished his love on you already. Even when you rejected him, a mother might even forget her infant child. But the Lord will never forget you. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. Your heart is safe with Jesus. Maybe others broke your heart. Your past is forgiven when you repent. And your future is secure when you trust him. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And I don't know what you're going through. But I need Jesus and you need Jesus. If you've never welcomed Jesus in your heart, or maybe you walked away from Jesus for whatever reason, today you can make him your Lord and Savior. Right now, if you're watching a Sunday morning, you will see a button pop up that says raise a hand. This is an external expression of what God is internally doing in your heart. It's anonymous. So go ahead and click that button if you choose Jesus as your personal savior on the count of three. Okay, on the count of three, click it. One, Jesus died for your sins. Two, he loves you unconditionally. Three, he has eternal life for you. Amen. Click that button right now. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. I want to pray for you. But I want you to repeat after me because we serve a God who is a gentle God and he wants you to give him permission to come into his heart. All right. So if you're making a decision to get, surrender your life to Jesus for the first time, or if you're rededicating, repeat this prayer with me. And if you're sitting beside people who are rededicating or, or uh, getting saved right now, let's pray together. Nobody prays alone at Next Level Church. We're a family. We're going to pray together. Okay. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. God, I'm tired of doing things on my own. Lord, today I choose you. Be my God. Be my Savior. Be my guide. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. My life is no longer my own, but I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. I also want to pray for those who are going through a rough time. Maybe you never had a father figure or you've been hurt by people or, or people in authority or you've been hurt by a church or people that call themselves Christians. But you know, the, 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 the litmus test is this. If somebody says they're a Christ follower, you should be able to see the love of Christ in them. Christian, Christ in them, right? Uh, if not, just forgive them, be gracious to them and move on. And, and none of us is perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. We all got some rough edges. But at the end of the day, let's be gracious with one another. So forgive those that have hurt you. Let me pray for you. If you can put your hand on your heart. Father, I pray for every single person that is watching right now at the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that God, that you would heal their hearts. Lord, deliver them from old hurts. Help them to discover how amazing you are. Lord Jesus, I pray that their love for you, Lord, will increase. That their eyes will look to you when they need help. And not to the world and not to substances. But Lord, that their heart and their minds will be fixed on you. And that they will love you with all that they've got. And serve you with all of their strength. And God, I pray that you will speak to their hearts regarding fasting. Regarding intimacy. Regarding cultivating a closeness with Jesus. Lord, I pray that God, that you would give them the grace to step into the type of fasting you want them to do. 
Give them the grace to fulfill and complete that fasting. Because God, fasting helps us to, to sharpen our spirit, man. And we want to know you, hear you, walk with you more and closer than ever before. And God, I shield and cover everybody by your precious blood, Lord Jesus. Everything that we heard and experienced and received today, help us to build on it. Help us to be your church. And, and we cast up every work of the enemy operating in our lives and against our church because the gates of hell shall not prevail. Lord, you said you will build your house. You will build your church. Build our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, so that we can bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to go into a time of worship. Every day. 